On this episode of Arena On Air, we sat down with Dave cast members Kevin R. Free, Sherry Edelin, Rachel Flynn, Mamie Paris, Josh Breckenridge, and Jameson Scott. Dave tells the story of high school teacher and presidential lookalike Dave Kovic, who is hired by the Secret Service as a stand-in for the Commander-in-Chief. When the president falls ill under less than presidential circumstances, Dave is thrust into the Oval Office to avoid a national scandal and must find a way to gain the trust and love of the American people and the First Lady. I had a great conversation with Kevin, Sherry, and Rachel about what it's been like in the Dave rehearsal room and the collaborative way they've been building this production. It's clear that this cast just adores each other. They couldn't stop complimenting and raving about each other's performances. It was so sweet. Mamie, Josh, and Jameson were a blast to chat with. Their Broadway chops are unparalleled. Mamie's most recent gig was playing Grisabella in Cats on Broadway, and Josh is taking a break from Come From Away to be a part of this world premiere. And somehow, they all have time to work on their own passion projects. Jameson is a singer-songwriter who released a country soul album last year. I mean, we're so lucky to have this many talented folks in one production. This cast is just amazing and so full of talent, it's a little crazy. We can't wait to share this episode with you and are even more excited for you to experience this world premiere on your own. Remember, Dear Evan Hansen, you don't want to miss this one either. So without further ado, we give you Arena on Air, Episode 7, Nuts About Dave. So the first thing that we'll do is we'll just have you uh, introduce yourselves. I'm Sherry Edelin. Hi, everybody. Hi, I'm Rachel Flynn. I'm Kevin R. Free. Rachel, why don't you start? Tell us a little bit about your acting career and what what brought you to this point. Yeah, uh, luck. Um, I (laughs) am originally from Massachusetts, and I went to school for uh, religion. I studied religion undergrad and then immediately went to New York and started auditioning for musical theater. So it was a natural trajectory. Um, (laughs) And uh, I, uh, I... Act. I especially love acting and directing and writing and working on new projects. So that has been my passion for the last um, just under 10 years um, in New York. And Arena has been on my, this is true, I, I wrote and told Molly, Arena has been on my dream list for like my like bucket list of theaters to work at forever, ever, ever. But a few years ago, I was like not sure that I was going to keep going in on the theater thing for a little while. I was looking at other career paths and a friend um, booked a Wilderness um, and I came down and saw it in the in the in the round space, and it it like it set me off spinning. I was like, oh, never mind. It, theater can be beautiful and joyful and message filled, and not and and uh, I'm in. I'm so in. So I'm so excited to be here for the summer. I got the job or the audition went up on March, the day of the nor'easter, in in the city. And I had experienced the city in all kinds of weather, but never that kind of wind where the city is just peppered with broken umbrellas. Yeah. It was amazing. And I was all done up here and got there and I was drenched. Oh. So, so then you go in the bathroom and you're like, <laughs> and then went in there and, and Tina was so easygoing and, and lighthearted that I knew, I was like, what do I have to lose? Nothing. So she made it so easy. I couldn't believe I booked the gig, but I felt really good about just the fun I had in the audition. I like to do all of the jobs in the theater. <laughs> my The place where my pension is, is um, audiobooks. I've been doing that for 25 years. Nice. And 
Did I say 25 years? That's a lie. Yeah. 20 years. Because, <laughs> okay. wow. Because I've, I've been in New York for uh, almost 25 years. So, okay. But I've been doing wow. audiobooks for 20 years. Um, and it was, it's pretty great because now I get to read some really, really good books. Um, but I make a lot of theater in New York. I'm, I was a New York neo-futurist for five years. And um, I like to direct and act and write and produce the things. And Arena Stage has also been on my bucket list for hmm. my entire time in New York City. And my first audition for Arena Stage was last fall or last spring. For years, I never got an audition for anything at Arena Stage. And then I got an audition for Pajama Game and cool. uh, was called back and was not cast. But whatever, it's fine. <laughs> um, he came on the podcast to talk about it specifically. I just want to make sure that everyone <laughs> listening to the podcast knows not to give up <laughs> when you are snubbed by Arena Stage. This is a persistent oh. story. <laughs> oh, yeah. Pass um, it on. <laughs> and then, I, then when I got this one, I was really excited to come here um, because I love D.C. and uh, Seema Sueco is a... I consider her a friend and a mentor. And so it's very exciting to me. Hi. <laughs> um, my name is Mamie Paris. I'm so excited to play Ellen Mitchell in Dave. Uh, on Broadway, I've been in Cats. I played Grizabella, School of Rock. I was Patty. I've also toured as Alphaba and Wicked. Uh, on the 20th Century on Broadway, Ragtime on Broadway, The Drowsy Chaperone on Broadway. Okay. Uh, Nine to Five on tour, I was Judy <laughs> Burnley. Um, on TV, some some NBC, some State of Affairs, some Blacklist. Hey, this is no longer a short bio. That's it. <laughs> I love love. <laughs> uh, hey guys, I'm Josh Breckenridge. I'm playing uh, Dwayne Bolden in Arena Stages production of Dave. I guess I'll mention my school as well. I went to the University of Cincinnati, uh, CCM for musical theater. Upon graduating, I got my Broadway debut at um, Studio Fifty Four on Broadway, doing The Ritz. Uh, a Terrence McNally revival of a play. Um, I've also been on Broadway in the Scottsboro Boys, and I'm currently in Come From Away, which I have been blessed by my team there to get a leave of absence to do this out of town of Dave, which is which I'm very thankful for. Um, off Broadway, I did uh, the, the production of the Scottsboro Boys as well. Uh, saved the musical. Uh, Playwrights Horizons. I did the first national tour of the Book of Mormon. A uh, slew of regional stuff, one tiny indie film, and uh, I'm trying to get more work. <laughs> aren't we like all? We like we, we all, all. Yeah. Aren't we that's all? Me. Hey, that's pretty good. Hey, that's a good try. one. That's a good resume. Uh, I'm Jamison Scott. I'm in the ensemble. I have been on Broadway in um, Greece. I played Eugene in The Last Revival yes. of Greece. Uh, let's see, Memphis. Hey. Um, Motown. Spider-Man. I've done um, Las Vegas sit-downs of Hairspray and We Will Rock You and Saturday Night Fever. And, um, yeah, as far as stage, that's that's it. I'm a singer-songwriter, so I put out an album like a year and a half ago. Check it out. Jameson Scott, Walk a Mile, available on iTunes. Yes. Um, I'll walk that mile. Yeah, it's Country Soul. Country Soul. So that's my jam. I like to write country music. Oh my god, the credits. This cast. You learn so much. This cast Please. is incredible. Yeah. These credits. Time. We have fun. Oh my we goodness. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about this world premiere. Dave, what's it like being in DC working on Dave? 
brilliant. Like, when do you get to work in an environment that your show takes place in? It's the, the research uh, uh, opportunities are endless, I feel. Uh, I think we've all had fun. Uh, we had some Segway fun the other day. Segway tour. That's right. <laughs> seeing the sights. Yeah. Um, I'm always, I've been to D.C., this is just my second time, but I'm, I'm always surprised uh, at how small the White House is. Every time I see it, I'm like, I always, you know, it's our nation's capital. It's it's the famous, most famous house I think there is. And um, I'm just always amazed to see how, how, how small it actually is. But um, no, I'm excited to be in the city doing this show. And um, like I said, the, the, the research opportunities are, are endless. I've, I've come across secret servicemen before and White House official looking folks and I'm always <laughs> I'm always tempted to to pick their ears so I'm I'm excited I'm excited for the people of DC to see the show um I I came here as a kiddo but also I was a big um like politics international relations um n- nerdy kid so I think I've done every sleepaway program available in the district uh, that was my high school experience as I would come and do like Johns Hopkins Week in National Security or, or, you know, Americans Week in Diplomacy. And, like, I took it very, very seriously. I loved the West Wing, so I, anything I could do to just show up here for a week at a time and pretend to be C.J. Craig. And then it turns out I didn't want to work in the West Wing. I wanted to be on the West Wing. So um, that's where that's... So I, I figured that out in college. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, I've only gotten to experience it as, as a as a teen and as a child so it's it's really lovely coming back to these the museums and the and the monuments and seeing them as an adult is an entirely different lens so that's been thrilling and I've never worked here as a performer so that's pretty great I'm having a good time yeah Yeah. there were a few of us that did the Mm -hmm. uh that took a tour of the capitol two days before which was really really cool because there's just how often are you afforded the opportunity to basically live in the place you're creating on stage in a sense which is really and just the energy of being here Mm -hmm. you know everyone that we're around lives and works in dc and and in many cases in most cases in politics and policy making and in these areas and so it's you're just you're around the people that you are creating on stage Mm -hmm. it's nice and everyone in our society right now seems to be very active Mm -hmm. in politically and politically and in what they think and and that's also an you know, it can be a tricky time, and it's also a really exciting time to yes. see people being so active. Because even when I was younger, I just, you know, there were a lot of things that were just over my head, and I, I didn't take as much of an active role. But now it feels like the youth of America is doing right. that. Mm-hmm. And it's all happening around us while we're doing this show. And that's so yeah. good for the country. It's so yes. good for us, and it's so good for patriotism as a whole. So it's yes. exciting. It's an exciting time to be here. It is. It is. The show is, is very, it's timely, right? Mm, I guess in like a way, the, without, without intending without to Without intending to be, yeah. Yeah, exactly. it's kind of... It's it's this other, you know, alternate universe Washington, which we'd all like to believe <laughs> exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. This is true. This is true. I'm from North Carolina originally. Okay. And when I, growing up there, there's a there's a yearly trip to D.C. to just, to, you know, because it's Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, so I've been here a lot. I worked here in the 90s. I did Sheer Madness at the Kennedy Center. Yeah. <laughs> I am I am an old Kennedy Center employee, so uh-huh. I've seen the Sheer Madness many it, times. Yes, so I played Tony in Sheer Madness in 1997 and nice. part of 1998. And um, so when I worked here, I really kind of got to know the city and made some friends. And 
uh, I went to school at Duke in North Carolina, and many of my classmates ended up in D.C. So I have lots of friends here. Sherry, how about you, being an actor in the city? Is there anything that... Um, I feel like D.C. has such a great theater community in and of itself that when people do come work here, kind of anywhere, they get really excited about working here. And I know, as you can see, and that makes me feel so great to know that they're coming here and having such a great time working here. Because I never left here. I came up here from Tennessee, and you know my goal was... was to eventually get to New York, but I kept working and I kept working and I kept and I was like, well, this is what it's all about, you mm-hmm. know. It just depends on, I guess, what you aspire to. Um, sure, Broadway's the the pentultimate, but also working and having a job and getting my health weeks and having a weekly paycheck <laughs> was That's great, you know. And then having a lifestyle that I want to live. Um, New York is. This it's expensive to live here, but I live. I've always lived on the outskirts of mm-hmm. D.C., but um, New York is is expensive, and I just always said I don't want to go up there and starve and maybe get a job. Isn't that awful? I should have just take a bit in the bullet sometimes and like just go up there. I don't know if it's awful. Yeah. I don't know if it's awful. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I spend part of my year every year trying to uh, hustle to get. Uh, jobs you are doing so yeah. <laughs> like yeah. to come down here and work at these places that are yeah. are known nationally I, and I think working with you Sherry like, you're not a person who seems to be complacent <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're not no, a person true. who seems to be you know sort of coasting because you're you stayed in an area where you get work all the time mm-hmm. and I think w- people have varying experiences of people who who, who are quote local mm-hmm. um but watching you, I mean, you're a teacher. You're a really great, uh, I think, a lesson for me because I now I'm thinking about not transitioning out of being an actor but transitioning into more administrative jobs mm-hmm. because right. I've done all the jobs. And I'm thinking, you know, maybe right. I want to be an artistic director and right. direct and run a theater somewhere. Right. And, and I think about when you go to a town, when you do that, your mandate has to be about the area. Mm-hmm. And working with lots of actors from the area and supplementing it with actors from other areas, mm-hmm. I I would think as an actor when I watch people, I I often think, um, oh, this this local person doesn't really care. <laughs> it's, oh, it no. always gets a job and doesn't care about the work. I've seen that before, oh, wow. but from watching you, I think, oh, not only one can it be done. You can go somewhere and live somewhere and make a living as an artist, mm-hmm. but you can also be at the top of their at uh, at your game doing mm-hmm. that. I mean, watching you try things every day is pretty exciting. You're you're a teacher. You uh, this cast, you that's the sweetest thing. But also this cast who are so supportive of each other and so in it to win it you know yeah. we, we really believe in this show I'm sure I'm segue, segueing into another question you might have but um, it's just so refreshing to hear something like that because we all have doubts about our careers constantly what are we doing when's my next job and to hear each other constantly supporting each other it's so refreshing it's such yeah. a nice room to be in because you see everyone doing such extraordinary work it is it, it's it's this wonderful love story is this wonderful story of patriotism and family and truth telling and like a lot of different big big good golden musical theater (laughs) themes and sometimes big big golden musical theater shows uh, can feel hierarchical in the room and um, 
this is a, I almost hesitate because it feels like there's a value judgment in this phrase, but like, it feels like a deep bench in this room. <laughs> like, everyone at every level of, um, you know, on stage, off stage, uh, principals, ensemble is just pouring this beautiful work and it's exciting to see and it pushes you to do better, deeper work than you might and another yeah. and another kind of more s- standard traditionally structured musical mm-hmm. i yeah. think for for me anyway also these t- these two are running away with the show every time sherry <laughs> and every time kevin get on stage it's it's a scene about the two of their characters and i, l- I love that about cuz yeah. a lot of shows don't have opportunities like that well they, they are really going to change the title to sherry and kevin i'm very oh, <laughs> I mean, kevin and sherry and american music so, yeah yeah you i know, asked for kevin and sherry yeah so. well that's, that's alphabetical so i'll take it okay. you know but, I'd like I, it is alphabetical. This is actually yeah. a podcast about yeah. billing issues, so I'm glad we're doing it. <laughs> I'm really yes, it's called. It's going to be called Kevin and Sherry with Rachel, because Rachel like too that. is running away with the show. It's more of a feature. It. <laughs> <laughs> what are some cool things, cool parts of working on Dave? The process and working maybe with <laughs> Tina and your collaborator. This process. This it took me back to, to college with the viewpoints, you know, yeah. and to work with one of the masters yeah. is incredible. Can you explain that a little bit? Because the viewpoints keeps <clears throat> coming up in a lot of different articles about mm-hmm. Tina. She talks about it. But I I feel like unless you're an actor and you're working through that, there's definitely going to be a lot of people listening to the podcast who won't necessarily yeah. know what that is. The coolest thing about what, what we're doing is that our director, Tina Landau, actually is one of the co-writers of The Viewpoints book, which mm-hmm. is now used across the world, not even across the country, in de- as a way to develop a sort of vocabulary for working as an ensemble in any sort of artistic manner, but especially as an ensemble of actors. Um, and it's just a-, a certain idea of creating time and space as one unit as opposed to numerous individuals. So, you know, when you're talking about time, you may be talking about the tempo of something or the duration of something. And it's, you know, in a way, it's just a very, it's a way to open up your periphery and sense people around you without having to stop and talk and have a conversation. Spatial you move over here, spatial and, relationship, mm-hmm. when you talk about space, and, you know, it, it, it's a way of architecture, using the space around you, your topography, sure. exactly what you've created previously and where you're going next. It's, a, it's just a way of creating this vocabulary among an ensemble of performers so that, and, the, and it's actually going to be put into great use, like yeah. Tina said, mm-hmm. which I think is great, where when we're on stage, rather than saying, wait a second, this picture isn't right, you move to five, you move upstage, you guys move over here, no, a little bit further, you know, that kind of stuff is so... And it's not in the zone of where we want to be as organic, real so performers. Kind of yeah, it lacks now, creativity. Right? Yeah, so yeah. if all of a sudden you can stop and just say, check out your spatial awareness, and then we as aware performers Shoot. can go, oh, and everything locks into place. Yeah. And that's what Viewpoints is great for. Did that yes, make sense? That's, that's that's that concise that enough? That was maybe one of the best that things was, I've why, ever thank awesome. you. Well, you, you know, just I was clarified of, some things for I me. I was one yeah. of the few yeah. performers coming into this process who had never done Viewpoints. Yeah, I had it was oh, not well. something oh, wow. that we did in school, and I had never done yeah. it. So, But knowing I was going to work with Tina, I read the book. <laughs> oh, you did? Oh, awesome. <laughs> I did. Very smart. So that's why all of this is so fresh in mind. Yeah. Yeah. But then doing it has been incredible. I think it also informs us in life as well, we're just oh, yeah. more aware, especially when you're in, in it, mm-hmm. and in you know as we are. I just find myself 
uh, aware just in life in general of um, of the the viewpoints. These would be great yeah. exercises. I wonder if anybody uses them in corporate surroundings. I'm always thinking, like, you know, I felt like we were using them on the Segway tour. You know, we, we, we were. It was getting Together. dark and you couldn't see things, and you know, someone would get in front, and then someone would pull up to the side, and then someone else would fall back, and no one said anything. But it was just it was a way just for, we weren't bumping into one another. Yeah. Yeah. And that was... That's, it's a, it's a sort of team true. building that's incredibly yeah. useful in what we do. And forces you to listen, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not like a, a, I don't know what I would call it, like a hippy-dippy, theater gamesy kind of actor. But that's not what it is. Uh-uh. It's yeah. not at all what it is. It's very practical. And yeah, I came into Viewpoints being nervous about it, especially with Tina being the one you yes. know, <laughs> being there. And it, it was, ended up being my favorite thing. I like the way the team is tenacious about finding the story. And I don't mean just us, I mean the team. I mean Tina and Nell and Tom, um, all of them, finding out what the story of this show should be and stuff. Um, We had a really uh, great moment. I was having personal issues with a moment in the show, and the personal issues were racial, and I didn't feel like I had the power to say something about it. And also, I knew that everybody knew that this moment in the show was problematic. Mm-hmm. So we had a conversation as a company last week about from the team saying, we're not people of color, so we're, so we're also struggling with this, and here is a new thing to replace the thing that we were doing. And so they did that. So they did that job, and that's really great, and they get points for, for doing that. What I will say is, without giving them the points for solving the racial issue, but is that, is that the minute it happened, the minute that happened, I'm getting a chill when I think about it, the moment that happened, I thought, first, I will never forget where I was when I first heard this song. Mm-hmm. And the way it was presented to me was exciting. And then second, I went home for lunch and called my manager and talk to Blue Streak about how my entire experience of the play was brand new and that my objectivity was about to go out the window, that I was about to jump into this play and really, really immerse myself in it and and only talk about how much I love it and this team. And, and when this happened, I was like, oh, my God, I'm in a play that's really special and I'm working with really special people. And... I really understand it now more than I did before. And my whole experience of the show is completely different now. Hmm. Just said something really cool, too, which is he didn't want to get points for them doing the thing they're supposed to do. But I do want to I want to jump on that and 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 validate it and say that just because something is the job that a team is supposed to do doesn't necessarily mean it's standard practice in new in new work. Right. And um, I was really moved by the fact that that conversation was generated by the creative team was like uh put forth by the gen- uh, by the creative team. Yes. Um th- many rooms do not work that way. Mm-hmm. There is something problematic in some is- regard um or or just of of note in some regard and it's not your um it's not considered your place to have an opinion on that right. as somebody on stage. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that it they came to all of us and said this is something we need to talk about because of the perspective we're coming from because of what is needed of this moment and because uh we don't know we can't problem solve it alone um and so here are our thoughts what do you what do you got um was a although kevin is correct you don't want to be like good for you you did the great human thing 
not everybody does the great human thing in that process. They addressed all of them openly, and then it led to a better moment in the show. Like, wow. The idea that everybody knew that this was a thing that needed to be changed, and then it was changed without... I don't know. I don't know. I just was, it's just exciting that we're all in that room together and making it together, and they acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. And I would say that that, um, that is emblematic of uh, the process that's happened for other, many, many other, you know, non-problematic moments in the show. Like, they really do just want to, it's, a, it's a, the most team effort I've ever seen in a large-scale show, ever. You know, we came into this with such terrific writers, you know, creators. Um, but it's it's a different world to work with writers who are not overly precious about their work. You know, we have incredible an incredible creative team, and they know what they do what they do very very well. But they are also happy to hear our input about. I'm just not sure if I understand. You know why. I'm saying this or what this and we can have a discussion about it and things can sometimes change if they feel warranted and that's that makes our job our life so much easier and better and happier because we can all have a conversation and be a part of it I'm also impressed with how intelligent and kind of worldly our our company is like we can be established performers who have gone to rigorous conservatory training programs but you mentioned hobbies, like the hobbies, the things that we, your uh, politics, your writing informs you as an artist yeah. in general. This is and an amazing company. It amazing is. And company. we, I, when I hear some of the things that come out of our mouths, it's not just like, I like to belt and <laughs> I can kick my face. You know, it's like we have intelligent things to say that inform the work. And mm-hmm. and when you think about it, we as actors, we, we're storytellers, we're, we're portraying real people, rarely Actors portraying actors were, were more often than not portraying, I don't know, carpenters and you know, right. random occupations. And it behooves us to immerse ourselves in different things so that we can bring that to the works. And I see that every day with this company. It's really great. And we like each other. A lot. And we, we like, each, like other. each other a lot. It's a From very, like the first very nice day. people. Mm-hmm. I also think the viewpoints was helpful because it was a huge icebreaker. Like we, we once we dove in, we're like, "All right, bestie, mm-hmm. what's up?" <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, pump it together, and we're just like, oh, each I know, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. So when you're not acting, what are you doing? What passion projects, hobbies? I know Jameson mentioned singer songwriter, country. Yeah. Well, boy. I, I, oh my god, I write as well, okay. poetry and music. I have not been as diligent about that and as practiced uh, with that in a while. So I've, I've, I was excited to, this is a, shows a little more of a, a break for me for what I have been doing. Uh, I was dance captain at Come From Away, and, or am, and it's it's very busy. So here, this character is, is I got that, that, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah, the princess that track. easy track, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Great feature, but not on every second. And and so I'm hoping, hopefully, once we're open, I'm hoping to get in touch with with that creative side some more. I, I took up the ukulele recently, and I figured that'd be uh, you know easy enough. I feel like nowadays, as actors, we're asked to, you know, it, it would behoove us to to have an instrument under our belt or some other activity. Or skills, so and he's um, already really good. Yeah, I played, played a couple us. chords on chords <laughs> on the rooftop. Um, but yeah, so writing, uh, uh, gym time is my ultimate hobby. I love staying fit and and um, and working out at the gym, and uh, yeah, and reading. 
I love. I think we've all been doing our research for this show. I got a slew of books on the Secret Service and um, um, things about this show that that pertain to the show in general. So I'm excited to to read up and nerd out on that a little bit as well. I write music. I like country music. <laughs> Singing is my all-time favorite thing. It's really great to be able to do something you love um, for a living, but then it also is your hobby, so you never stop doing it. <laughs> you know, growing, up, go, growing up with my brother, I, I never shut up, and I would sing constantly, and he was like, oh, God, shut up. <laughs> and, and here it is making me some money, so that's good. I like, I like it. Um, I was like, take that. Um, he actually went into doing it as well, which is fun. Okay. So. Uh, but yeah, like the singing, songwriting, and then I like to be really busy. So um, I have started uh, working with In Fine Company, which is a production office in in New York City. Um, Sue Galad and Larry Rogowski, they're wonderful. And so I've been working, uh, helping produce some shows with In Fine Company. And that's really great just to be on the other side, mm-hmm. still contributing to, to this wonderful business and being able to create things and... Um, getting to work with great people and kind of learning the other side of the business, which is really exciting. Um, and then I also do a lot of things um, with a Broadway masterclass company called the Broadway Collective. Mm. Uh, it was created by Robert Hartwell, who is a wonderful man and performer. And uh, we did Memphis together and Motown together. And he was like, hey, I have this idea for this masterclass company and we teach uh, singing and dancing and acting and audition technique and we travel we do a tour through the states um, through the year and they do these intensives in New York City called Gathered NYC where we bring the people that hire us as performers to teach the classes so you'll get Broadway directors and choreographers and uh, people to teach things and so it's great being able to link all of these things it's all one business but be able to hit it in every facet to be able to reach out to kids and teach kids and kind of give back some of what we've worked so hard to gain and give that back and um yeah so there's not a lot of free time in my life but um but i enjoy all but you like that it's true yeah it's true um i do a lot of coaching and teaching which i i really enjoy um it's exhausting but it's great and i've been doing that more and more which is lovely sometimes i have a lot of adult professional coaching audition coaching clients and then i've been doing some teaching of Young adults and kids, which is really great. Um, uh, I'm a yoga fan. I try to hit yoga as, as often as I can. Um, I am just starting to foray into the world of app development, which is really Fancy. something. I'm working with a, a team of two other women, and we are in the process of doing some development right now, which I'm very excited about. Um, I also am quite politically active and an activist and I try to donate my time and energy whenever I can. There's a wonderful organization in New York called Eleanor's Legacy uh, which dedicates itself to electing terrific women into office in New York particularly. Um, My husband and I have a house in, or we own a house in Pennsylvania so I vote in Pennsylvania so I've become much more politically active since we moved to Pennsylvania. Um, So that takes up some free time and I also like to write when I can and (laughs) It gets me through a lot of um, times like what we are in now when you're in a process of learning and creating and and berating yourself and <laughs> starting <laughs> over yep. um, is when I get the most writing done. And then, sure. yeah, that's about it. After seeing Dave, what do you hope that our audiences walk away with? Thomas Mann, who wrote the book, um, also wrote the book to Annie. And when I watched the movie, Dave, after I booked the job and was like, I watched it again, 
as I watched the movie, I thought, oh my God, this is just like Annie. One person can make a difference. And it was so hopeful. And so, and then I saw, then I realized, wait, Thomas Mann wrote Annie too. How perfect is it that he also is the book writer, um, the late Thomas Mann, the book writer of, of this piece. So what I would want people to walk away from is um, the hope that they, or the knowledge that really one person can make a difference, and what it is about is people. Mm-hmm. So there's me. I'm That's out. that came to my mind. I just went hope, hope, and I'm just going to leave it like that and let the audience. Right. I was looking up because I found a great quote the other day that reminded me of Dave. Can't find it. It was a really good one. That would have been my answer. <laughs> <laughs> just say hope. Just say, did do we cover hope? Um, I know. I, I think it's a compassion and also thoughtfulness are um, our superpowers, are not weaknesses. That that thoughtfulness, that 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 bringing all of the the heart and brain power you have to bear on any situation or problem is um, is that that's doing so is is your responsibility and your job, <laughs> and usually the right thing to do. I think that, I mean, it's it's simple, but uh, I would like people to walk away knowing or having a reminder that we have a voice and our opinions matter, right? We're, the show is kind of, one of the big themes is that this everyday man makes a difference. And I think a lot of the times, whether it's politically or in our relationships or everyday life, we think that our voices don't necessarily matter or mm-hmm. don't contribute as much to the whole. And and they do, and we have a responsibility as as a people, as a community, to let our voices be heard, and heard uh, singularly, collectively, and that we can make a difference. And that's kind of, people will see that when they see the show, and hopefully they'll be inspired by that, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think a renewed sense of patriotism. Mm-hmm. And not Not focusing on the things that divide us, but the things that bring us back together. Yes. Really. There are so many moments in the show that, you know, it's, there's so many wonderful melodies, but with the words that are being said and where we are right now, there's so many emotional moments, you know, and it's just really nice to have that feeling again of like hope and inspiration. And if we want it to happen, we need to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, what I think, what's, uh, yeah, exactly. I, could, I don't think I could say it better. For a, for a piece set, Around the White House and the Capitol in Washington, D.C., it is a very apolitical show. It leaves you with this message of just, like you said, there's a patriotism to it, an underlying patriotism, and just the idea that one person can make change. Even when they're not out there seeking it, they just speak up and do what they feel is right, and it can make the world better. I think that's a. I, don't know, I hope yeah, that's the message. It's not about people. your side or my side. Exactly. It's about what we can do. What to get we there. can do if we just stick by our, you know, laurels and and participate, and that's kind of. Lovely. And no matter what side of the political, mm-hmm. you know, world you're on, red, blue, whatever, mm-hmm. we all can make a difference. Yeah, we all can together. Yeah, we mm-hmm. all can do it. Yeah, yeah. it's it's a lovely yeah. Nice I message. hope that. It is a nice message. It is a nice message. <laughs> it makes coming to work every day really nice. It really, really does. It, it also feels really like a responsibility does. that we have to tell this story and to get a message like this out in a, in a time where things are, you know, 
it, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like <laughs> coming to work is actually a healing process. Sure. Mm-hmm. For for me, you know, and I think for for everyone that because everybody's hurt a little bit by someone, no matter what side you're on, and I think that coming to work every day has been a really nice rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. Telling the sweet, simple mm-hmm. story. It's just, it's lovely. It revives you. We hope you enjoyed getting the inside scoop on this world premiere musical. Dave begins on July 18th and runs until August 19th. Visit arenastage.org for tickets. Thanks for listening. listening.